I anticipated that when I would return to the barn, Barn Girl would be there. Then we could talk about the where and the when of this drink that we decided we could have. But right now, I needed to focus my thoughts on the more pressing matter of making a decision about where am I going to live and what am I going to do for a job. On one hand, I finally had an offer of a job doing what I love to do in a city I had just spent 25 years building a life. But the job was not that great. It almost was like a step down. And if I was being honest, the slower, more relaxed Texas Southern lifestyle was kind of attractive. Relocating here would allow me an opportunity to rebuild my life with my father and create new friendships. But he denied me for 25 years, and that still kind of had a little bit of sting to it. I have enjoyed my time here, and Dad now seems to be the person I always thought he was, tough as nails, but ever compassionate, capable of allowing himself to open up and be sensitive to others. But why did he allow our silence and distance to go on for so long? And what happened to cause him to change? I mean, I'm glad he did, and I welcome the change. I just assumed he had an epiphany or near-death experience which motivated him. And while his health was poor, it was not life-threatening. Perhaps his old age and seeing his friends and extended relatives die as each year passed was a profound life-altering modifier. I don't know. I felt as though there was more to his intentions than he was telling me. As I continued along the horse trail, through the tall pines scattered with a few oak trees, it was so quiet I could hear the rustling of the dry leaves and the wind blow gently through them. Several of the leaves fell off the branches and slowly floated to the ground. I could hear the faint horn of the Iron Jay train in the distance. I then it must be about noon. I reached my favorite spot. It was a clearing that overlooked the rolling hillside down into a shallow valley. The rich, lush landscape looked like a classic oil painting. I just sat there and leaned forward on the horn of the saddle and immersed myself in God's artful creation and quietly thanked him for providing such beauty and the fact that I was here able to have this moment as opposed to being in a much darker place living in fear. I then thought of my mother who passed away totally unexpectedly ten years ago. She just fell asleep, never woke up. I wonder if that had anything to do with Dad's new outlook. After several minutes of this contemplation, I decided it was time to head back. I still had no answers, but I felt a lot better for thinking these things through and feel like I was closer to a decision right now. And quite honestly, if I had to make a choice today, I would choose New York. I think I want to go back and live the life that I worked so hard to build. Arrived to the barn, Barn Girl wasn't there. In fact, no one was there. I got off the horse, removed the saddle and blanket, and brushed the horse. When I was finished with the barn activity, I went into the house, headed to the fridge for a bottle of water. I saw a note on the fridge that said, Meeting at Iron J, 7 p.m. I made no connection to the note and assumed it was not for me since it made no sense. So I ignored it. However, I thought the idea sounded great. Perhaps I will ask Dad what it's about. If he didn't know, maybe we could have dinner there anyway. I showered and changed and headed towards Dad's equestrian store.
Inside, Dad was standing over his desk. He glanced up to me and said, Hey, sweetie. I thought, wow, sweetie, <laughs> that's progress. He went on to say how much he liked the displays and that the customers were talking about it and were impressed as well. I said, thanks, we could do a lot more, but yeah, I'm glad you stepped forward into the new century. He stopped and looked at me and asked, have you decided to come work here? And I went, oh, no, 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 I didn't mean that. And I had to backtrack. No, sir, I haven't made a final decision. But honestly, Dad, I'm leaning towards New York. He calmly and softly sat in his office chair. It was clear he was disappointed. I tried to soften it by assuring him that we could still stay in touch and talk to each other and visit. He pursed his lips and shook his head and yes as if in agreement, but I still felt horrible. I quickly changed the subject. Hey, what's this thing about meeting at the Iron Jay tonight? He looked confused and said, what meeting? I explained the note on the fridge and he said, oh, that must have been for Cody. I don't know. There was no message this morning. And I said, well, how about we have dinner there tonight? And Dad agreed. I asked if there was anything I could do while I was there. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you asked. Could you please clean the bathrooms? <laughs> they desperately need it, especially the men's room. And I said, seriously, Dad, what do you all do in there? He just gave a slight shrug and continued about his business. I turned around and prepared myself as I replaced my designer tiara with a janitor's hat. Later that evening, Dad and I walked over to the Iron J bar. It, it had the appearance of a steampunk kind of design theme. I was really impressed. Inside, it bustled with laughter, colorful lights, and lots of people. A very attractive and very happy blonde who caught our attention looked our way, jumped up, and quickly came our way. She wrapped arms around my father, hugging him as if it were her own father. I was impressed by this new hugging thing and that Dad was allowing. Growing up, we did not hug much or say I love you or show affection. Again, I had a glancing thought that perhaps my mom's passing may have had something to do with this new experience. Dad turned to me and introduced the vivacious blonde. Roxy, this is Nikki, East Texas' most popular personality. Nikki looked too cute being bashful at the compliment, and I simply said, it's very nice to meet you. But the music was coming to an end, and Nikki excused herself and said, oh, I have to get back. Dad chuckled as she walked away, but she asked him if he was going to sing tonight. Maybe, he said, let's see how the evening goes. We were seated and ordered food and wine for dinner. Halfway through the meal, Cody joins us. He came over, put his arm around my shoulder, and leaned down as I remained seated and wondering, what, what is, what's happening? <laughs> he placed his head next to mine and said, Evening, Roxy. He gave me a gentle squeeze and a hugging manner. And I thought, well, that was kind of bold. But I liked it, and I remembered it must be a southern thing. I had been in New York too long that I forgot how Texas gentlemen and genteel women behaved and acted. Cody asked the waitress for PB&J. He must have noticed the confused look on my face and said, what? I asked, you're ordering a peanut butter and jelly sandwich here? He says, not a sandwich, a shot. Got, Cody got up, walked over to the bar where our waitress was and came back with his drink and two more for Dad and I. He placed it in front of us, raised a glass making a toast saying, to family, new beginnings, and finding love.
As he spoke, I noticed the two were staring each other in the eye with a slight more affection than men normally show. The two threw back the shot as I cautiously raised my shot glass to my lips and sipped it with a very suspicious look in my eye. To my surprise, I exclaimed, wow, this is really good. And Cody said, well, that's the idea. I said, I could drink these all night. They actually taste like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And he just laughed. Nikki called my dad out over the sound system, following up on the singing status. He playfully waved her off. Several minutes after he turned away, his phone vibrated. He laughed as he read the text and started typing a response. When he was done, he looked back at Nikki, who was reading the text, and smiled and looked up at him. The two were obviously planning something. Cody stood up and excused himself, but leaned down and spoke into my father's ear. Dad glanced up at me and chuckled. Cody walked away, stopping to talk to about just everyone who stepped in his path, hugging the ladies and firmly shaking the hands of the men. He was quite popular. Dad was texting again, then put the phone down and looked at me with a poker face. And I simply said, what? What's going on? He says, nothing. Just have another drink, sweetie. <laughs> a few minutes later, Nikki announced, Mr. Richards, you're up, sir. Dad stood up and made his way to the stage, handed Dad a microphone. He spoke, he spoke into it and said, hey, y'all, normally I do some country songs and sometimes some old 60s and 70s kind of stuff. But tonight, I'm doing something different and outside my comfort zone. There was a slight laughter from the crowd, and he went on to explain, I picked this song for several reasons. One, being that my daughter has actually met the singer of this song. Two, it refers to the Big Apple, where my daughter now resides, but hoping she will move here. A few people applauded in their approval. And finally, the song has to do with the fact that the writer wrote it after his daughter asked her dad, why are boys mean to her? And he said, I don't know, honey. It's just human nature. Then Dad looked my way and smiled. He said, this is for you. The song Human Nature began, and the crowd erupted in applause. My eyes filled with tears. I got up to the bar to try to get as far away as I could and in a dark corner. Cody came over and asked if I was okay. I said, yeah, it's just been a day. Then I said, James, can I have another PB&J? Cody then suggested that we play a game of pool. So I drank my shot, then I ordered a rum and Diet Coke, and we made our way to the pool table, drinks in hand. About halfway into the game, I heard a voice behind me. You can buy me that drink now. I snapped around and saw her. It was Barn Girl. She extended her hand and said, Hello, I'm Andrea, but everyone calls me Andy. I was speechless for a minute, and finally, I said, I'm just so happy to see you. And I said, yes, of course, what, what will you have, Andy? She said, I'll have a Heineken, please. I said, as you wish. And floated. I floated to the bar and got several beverages for the three of us. Came back to find Andy shooting pool with Cody. She explained, I took your shot while you were gone. I hope you don't mind. Cody said, I'm glad you're back because she was clearing the table. And quite honestly, I prefer playing with someone as bad as I am, not a ringer and he looked hard at Andy to place emphasis on the title. Andy and I made small talk throughout the evening. 
and I was becoming very, very drunk over the course of it. At one point, I could barely walk and talk. And I think it was about then I shared with her my two-job dilemma. She listened and drew closer and said, kind of seductively, let's make this interesting. If I sink these last three balls in one shot, you stay here in Overton, and we celebrate. If not, you move to New York. I said, well, it looks like I'm moving to New York because there is no way you can make that shot. She Andy studies the table, walks around it, studying the arrangement and the alignment. She then slowly gets into position like a cat, draws the cue stick back, then swiftly, as if without thinking, and confidently ejects the cue stick forward, projecting the white cue ball to hit the first ball, which starts its way towards the pocket and sank. This collision caused the cue ball to change its trajectory slightly and hit the second ball, which slammed into the rail and bounced back, heading towards the opposite corner pocket and sank. Now the cue ball was on a trajectory towards the final ball. The cue ball appeared as if it was losing energy and momentum and way off its target. But it slightly drew closer. It seemed to take forever as this life-altering moment crawled to a glacial pace. But the cue ball did eventually strike the final black eight ball and put it into motion towards the side pocket. It slowed as it reached the edge of the opening and forecasted that it would not drop. It appeared to stop at the edge and we all waited. It seemed like a gentle breeze could simply sink it. Or perhaps a gentle bump of the table by a very biased cowboy. <laughs> I saw that, I cried accusingly. Cody was like, what? I was just resting my drink on the edge of the table. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm sure that's what happened. But around that point, the room started to go dark and I passed out. When I opened my eyes, I was so very confused. My head was pounding, my stomach was churning, and I was not in the bar. It was quiet, there was light filtering through the windows. It appeared I was in a bedroom, and I was definitely in a bed. I was in a space that I have never seen before, but there was a scent that was familiar. I looked behind me, and I saw that someone was in bed with me.